Palm Saturday. And how many of us know that all of us in this room, we all have different personalities, right? How many of us know that we all see things and hear things differently? Even from the video that we just showed, the Palm, Palm Sunday video, there is at least one thing, maybe one word that everyone in here probably heard and maybe stuck in their mind different than, than everybody else. And so as we look at the story tonight, we're going to look at Mark's point of view in the Palm Saturday, Sunday story. And each writer, you have Matthew, you have Mark, you have Luke, you have John, all of them, because how many of us know every person's a little bit different and they give different details, right? You can ask five different guys the same question and you're going to get five different answers, right? How many of us know guys definitely um, we're, we're really great on details. We're really great on specific and, and really long listed details of, of everything that's happening, right? Just kidding. So as we dive in tonight, we're going to look at Mark, but it's cool because we are going to highlight Luke at the end, but there's so many different details and they're a little bit different in each one. And it's not that the story's different, it's just that the person is different, right? And so they have a different detail. Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 1, and I am in the NIV version tonight. It says, As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway. As they untied it, some of the people standing there asked, What are you doing untying that colt? They answered, As Jesus had told them to, and the people to let them go. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, Jesus sat on it. Verse 8. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with his 12 disciples. This palm service for Jesus in this moment was on a Sunday, and it was the start of Passion Week. Passion Week is the week that they celebrated the Jewish people with the Passover. This was a very, 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 very important week for them. They celebrated God's deliverance. How many of us know that deliverance is an awesome and amazing thing? This is the week they got to celebrate where God delivered them from the hand of the Egyptians. This is the week where they celebrated that God delivered them from the angel of death. Because on one night, the angel of death came through and killed every firstborn male in every house that didn't have blood on the doorpost. So this week, Passover week, the start of Passion Week, this is where Jesus kicks it off. And, and in this moment and in this setting, Jesus is on a hill and, the, and it has a perfect view of the city where he was headed. He was headed in Jerusalem and it had a perfect view of the temple. Jesus is sitting there and he's getting ready to ride into his last week of life. Now think about this for a second. If you knew the day you were going to die, the last week, what would you find yourself doing? The very last week of life, right? What's on our bucket list? Maybe to go skydiving or, you know, go take a million dollars to the casino and see if you can make it into 10 million. I don't know. I don't know what's on your bucket list. But about Jesus here, this is his very last week 
of life. This is the last week of living that he was living. And so he kicks off Passion Week. He kicks off the Passion Celebration as he goes and he says to them to go get a donkey. Now, Jesus rides in on a donkey and he asks for a donkey that's never been ridden. And he asks for a donkey that's never been ridden because donkeys that's never been ridden, they're used for religious purposes. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's for religious reasons. It's for religious reasons. But for Jesus and the Son of God, he's riding on a donkey because it's also a picture of humility. How many of us love that word, humility? How many of us love to be humble, right? Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, chose to ride into town on a donkey, the picture of a humble man, the picture of a humble king. It also means royalty because at times there's kings, when they would come back from victory, they would ride in on a donkey as they would be celebrating their victory in war. Jesus doing this and asking for this donkey, it was fulfilling what was spoken in Zechariah 9. How many of us know that we all hear hope that when we live to be 99 years old, when we close our eyes and die, that we say it was an awesome and fulfilling life, right? How many of us know when we get to that day, we don't want to get to be 99 and a half and be like, ah, man, I wish I would have done this, and ah, I wish I would have done that, and ah, I wish I would have been this, ah, I wish I would have done that. Jesus, when he came here, he fulfilled every single thing that he had to do. And he only had 33 short years. He only had 33 short years to live and do all that his father had asked him to do. He lived a very fulfilled life. He fulfilled everything. That's exactly how God wants you to live, fulfilled. You know, and for a lot of people, we search for fulfillment in so many different things. You know, for a lot of people, they search for fulfillment in music, for for in sports and hobbies, right? In workplace and success. People today, how many of us know just getting out of COVID in 2021, people are searching and they are looking and they are desperate for something, right? So many people, the minds and the culture, you can turn on the news and see all the crazy things people are doing. Everyone is looking for fulfillment. Fulfillment's only found in one place. It's found in Jesus Christ. And I love how our Savior, our Lord and our King, he chooses to ride in on a donkey, the, the absolute symbol of a humble person and a humble heart. This is God himself. Philippians 2.1 says this, If there's any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit, are your hearts tender and compassionate, make me truly happy. Turn to your neighbor and say, make me happy. Agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Then then Paul says this, don't be selfish. Try to impress others. Be humble. Think of others better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. He was born as a human being. He appeared in human form. He humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. This is Jesus. This is the God that we serve. How awesome and amazing that Jesus Christ did not cling to any heavenly rights when he came here, but he took on the full position of a human. He was God in flesh. God himself 
in flesh, God, but yet so humble, so kind, so sweet. Isaiah 53, 1 says, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Yep, I just read that one. Oh, that didn't cut and paste. Look at that. Now that one starts, where did that go? I lost myself. Ah, I didn't paste it. That stinks. Never mind. Isaiah 53, 1 through 4, though, talks about how Jesus, when he came here, there was no special appearance about him. There was nothing that people, when you looked at him and said, ah, that's got to be God. That's got to be him. Look at his hair glowing in the wind, right? There's glitter coming off him all, everywhere he walks. There was nothing extra special. God, when, he was, when Jesus was leaving heaven, he didn't say to him, God, I'll only go, Dad, I'll only go if you give me, you know, the biggest muscles and if you give me the best hair and I got to have the best beard. He didn't say any of those things. There was nothing extra special about Jesus because he came here to do all that his father had asked him to do, even to be humble. As Jesus got on the donkey, it says that they got their cloaks, and the cloaks there were to, again, pay honor to a king. And these, these wonderful people, sometimes, have you ever found yourself, I don't know, you know, if you're a sports fan, but sometimes how many of us have gone to a friend's house and, and friends watching, you know, sports, and, and so as they're cheering, you're kind of cheering along with them, but you don't really care? Have you ever found yourself doing that before? Have you ever found yourself cheering for somebody, and you're like, ah, these people are losers, but I'm going to cheer anyway? That's what this moment was, because there was people in this moment, as they were cheering, some of them, most of them, honestly, had no idea what was going on. They knew that this guy was awesome because he was a massive healer, right? Most people loved Jesus because he healed everybody, right? Which is totally awesome, right? There was no sick people around Jesus. When you got close to him, you instantly were healed and better. Jesus healed everybody. And healing is an awesome thing. So Jesus was popular. Why? Because he was a healer. But they didn't really get the moment. They were cheering. They were clapping. They were throwing their cloaks on the ground. They put them on the donkey. But they really did not understand the moment at all. They were just going along like, ah, the, this is awesome. This is so fun. And then it says they did cut down the branches, the palm branches, as a sign of victory. And they were waving it. And again, most of the people there, 99.9% .9 of the people. And don't our palm branches look awesome and amazing? Don't they look awesome? The Bredos did this for us. Didn't they look beautiful and awesome? And they got here to decorate. While me and Jose were running around like madmen, we're trying to plug in the, our own sound system. And so we're like, don't talk to me. Don't, don't, don't look at me. we got to do all that stuff. But the Bredos did an awesome job decorating. And these two branches, they stole from a neighbor's house, which we're going to return maybe. But Yeah, we are? Okay. We're going to return to the neighbor's house. They're totally cool. We're in the jungle. But they started waving branches, which is a sign of victory. And again, they were paying homage or honor to a king that they didn't really know. They were waving branches, branches and saying victory, but they didn't really understand it. The definition of victory, an act of defeating an enemy or an opponent in a battle, in a game or competition, war, victory through struggle, victory through difficult, difficult situations and problems. They were waving branches, but they had no idea or understanding what kind of victory that Jesus was bringing. They were singing Hosanna, which means to save us, deliver us, and it also means praise the Lord, all wrapped up in one word. Save us, save us, deliver us, praise the Lord. 
How many of us know that we all sing songs just a little bit differently? How many of us love to sing songs? How many of us love singing? I mean, the world is full of music, right? Everywhere you go, music. When we used to be able to travel anywhere we wanted to, when you go in elevators and grocery stores, of course, you can always go in grocery stores. Music everywhere. How many of us, you find yourself walking in the store and it's like, oh, I remember that song in the 80s. Just kidding, we weren't born then. But how I many, just a few years ago, it's like, we used to sing that song, right? Some of us sing songs from the 60s. I don't know, nobody in here. How many of us have songs in our hearts? For them, they were singing Hosanna. And a deep Hosanna, a deep longing to be saved. At this time, the Jewish people, they were under control of other people. How many of us don't like to be controlled by other people, right? How many of us, we don't want to be controlled by anyone, right? If it's going to be anyone, it's God alone, right? These people, Jewish people, they were under control. And when you're under control of somebody else, when you're saying Hosanna, it means something. You're saying, save me now. Save me now. I don't want to be a prisoner anymore. And that's what's awesome about worship. When we come in and have the opportunity to, to sing and have worship, you have an opportunity to sing. And so through the different words, there's different parts of the songs that will minister more to you. But as you get into it, it's something that can be coming from your heart. Because God has saved all of us, right? God has delivered all of us. They're singing Hosanna. And in Passover week, the Jewish people, this is the week where their hopes would run the max, this is the week that they're saying the Messiah has to come. He's coming 2021, you know, April 25th at 8 o'clock at night. They would this week, because all that it meant to the Jewish people, this is the week that their hopes were so big and they're so large and all of them are talking. There's like a buzz all through the town. And they're not buzzed because they're drunk. They're buzzed because they're excited and they're hoping that this is the week. This is the time. Maybe this is the Messiah. And this was the week. So it was crowded and the hopes were so full. But sometimes, how many of us know when our hopes are run really high? That sometimes our hopes, sometimes our expectations sometimes don't get met? And how many of us know that, that sometimes hope an expectation when it's not met leads to discouragement. For these people, they found themselves partying and having a good time. But then some of them down the road a few days later, they're saying crucify. How are they saying Hosanna one second and then a few days later they're saying crucify? How is it in one minute their, their hopes are like this has to be the guy. This is the Messiah. All that he has done. All that he has accomplished, this is him. Hosanna, save us, Jesus, you're awesome. But then not even a week later, four days later, they're saying, crucify this man, crucify. They went along with the religious leaders. One minute, they're with the other crowd, and they're saying, ah, oh, Jesus is the best. He's awesome. He's my best buddy. And then the next minute, when they're with the religious leaders, they're saying, crucify. Because what they expected in Jesus, they didn't get. They were expecting in Jesus, they were not getting from Jesus. And so where their hopes were here, all of a sudden their hopes got dashed. Now they're disappointed. This isn't the guy that we thought. And we're not going to be saved this week. They wanted a strong military leader. They wanted someone who was loud, someone who commanded the troops, somebody who was going to come in and was going to deliver them from the Romans. 
All the people, the religious leaders, the Jewish people, they were hoping for somebody strong and power. But instead, they didn't see the humble, loving, loving, sacrificial. They didn't see Jesus, that same guy, wanting, wanting, but not really getting it. Sometimes there's lives, there's moments in life that we miss. And as we look at this story, as I was looking at it, I was thinking, as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, how did they not see this guy walked on water? No one's ever done that. How could they not see this is the guy that raised the dead multiple times and brought somebody back to life? How did they not see by watching him from three years? There was times where he rebuked demons, and there wasn't just one demon. It says there was a legion of demons, so thousands of demons that came out of a man, right? Out of one man. 6,000 roughly around their average demons. Jesus rebuked so many demons, so many powerful moments. And how many of us, we read this story and they're like, ah, how could they do that to Jesus? How could they celebrate him one day, but then crucify him the next day? And as we look back, most of us in this room, we'd probably say, I would be on Jesus' team all the way, right? I would be on Jesus' team all the way. I would be there, and I would stick by his side. How many of us have probably said that, that, you know, I would be like John, the one that, you know, Jesus loved, or I'd be like Peter, the crazy one, jumping off the boat and trying to walk on water. How many times have you put yourself in that position and said, I would be there. I would be the loyal one. I'd be there. I'd be the hardworking Jose guy there, right? I would be there for him. You know, a lot of times we miss Jesus moments because we're stuck in our own moment. They missed this entire moment because all of life was happening. They were in a very religious week. Passover celebration is awesome. It's amazing. You get to see all your cousins. You get to see all your exes from Texas, right? You get to see all these awesome things happening in this week. This is a super awesome week. And because it was so super awesome, life was so amazing, you know what happened? They missed the moment of Jesus. And I wonder how many of us every single day are missing moments of Jesus and saying, how come you didn't come through there? How come you didn't help me here? How come you didn't provide here? How come you didn't heal here? And, and I guarantee you, 10 years from now, you're going to look back and say, man, God was with me and I didn't even know it. Five years from now, 10 years from now, you're going to say, man, looking back, wow, I didn't really think, God, that you were there, but I know now that you're there. Because many times when we're living in the present, just like these people, most of us in here, we're missing Jesus. And a lot of times we're missing him, it's not who we expect. They didn't expect him to be humble. They didn't expect him to be a normal guy, and he was. They thought that he would wear fancy suits and ties that would be like, you know, 10,000 bucks, but he was just wearing normal clothes like everybody else. He didn't have the expensive Birkenstocks on. He had the cheap rope sandals like everybody else. He was normal. He was average, just like everybody else. They failed to see him because it wasn't what they expected. And I wonder how many times God's trying to reveal himself to us. We're not seeing it. It's not what we're expecting. Every single day, that last song that we talked and we sang in worship with you, when God, he wants to be with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants to have amazing moments of communication and having a great relationship with you. But I think sometimes we're missing the moment because it's not what we're expecting. 
Because when he shows up, how many of us know as parents, you know, and this happens to me a lot, because I'll be super honest, living a, a super busy life. My kids always need me when I'm the absolute most busiest, right? Most of the time, kids are playing video games, they're talking on their phones, and they're, they're busy. And they don't want to, I go and talk to them in their rooms, then it's like, dad, get out, dad, 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 dad. Then the minute they want to come talk to me, it's when I'm busy, right? It's always. I wonder how many of us were missing the moment with God. Maybe because we're busy. Maybe because we're distracted. Because there's so many things in life happening. And maybe it's he's appearing to us different than what we're expecting. Don't miss out on any moments with Jesus. Don't miss out on what he has for you every single day. The way that I look at it, life is a treasure chest. And every day, God is helping you to find that treasure, open up and discover something new, something good, something awesome and amazing for you. But it's you and him together in a special moment. Every moment, God wants to reveal himself to you. You know, sometimes in this story and in life, we have to learn to walk out what we don't yet have. And for the Jewish people in this story, they were singing victory, but they themselves were prisoners of fear, of all kinds of things, right? They really did not have victory, but they were singing victory. And so sometimes in life, how many of us know when we don't feel like going to church, that's the night we need to kick ourselves in the butt and we need to get to church, right? How many of us know it's, it, that something happens for whatever reason, we do not always feel like doing the God thing, right? How many don't feel all the time like being, uh, some of us, we, we were born in church, we'd be here seven days a week if we could, right? Sign me up, I'm there, I'll be first in line. But honestly, a lot of us are living life and so sometimes life's just crazy. We have not yet learned how to live God wants us to have. He wants us to be victorious, but yet some of us don't walk in that victory. God wants us to be healed, but yet we don't walk in that healing. God wants us to be fully provided for, but we don't walk in that full provision that he has for us. They were singing victory, but they didn't have victory. <clears throat> they didn't have it. And one of the things that God is trying to do for you, he's saying, can you believe? Can you keep singing? Can you worship your guts out? Even when you don't fully have every little thing that I want to give for you. Can, you. can you worship me when you're feeling the lowest, when you're in pain? Can you worship me when you're depressed? Can you worship me when you're angry? Can you worship and give me all that I'm asking for even when you don't feel like it? Sometimes waiting for God is one of the hardest things to do. For the Jewish people, they were waiting for the Messiah they were waiting for this king. They were waiting for this man. They were waiting for someone awesome and special. They were waiting, 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 waiting. It kind of reminds me of, of prayer. How many of us know that, that prayer is one of the most amazing things that God's given to us? But sometimes when we pray for something and we don't see it, how many of us feel it's, eh, it's not so amazing anymore? And how many of us have ever, how many of us have ever prayed for like, here's some popular things that people pray for. God, I want to be a stronger Christian, right? God, 2021, I'm going to be Christian to the max, right? This year is going to start out, God, and I'm going, to be, I'm going to be Christian plus some, right? Not plus size, but plus some, right? This year, God, I want to have in 2021, God, make my family stronger together than it's ever been before. 
God, this year I want to be more like you and less like me, right? Now, when you're praying in those things to God, they automatically just zap you and you, you turn into super Christian. Yet, how many times are we praying that's what we're expecting? We're praying and it's zap me. And, and, and that one word, forgiveness, you know, Jesus said, if you don't forgive people, I can't forgive you. And so how many of us, we pray, oh, God, you know, bless this person, bless that person. Don't bless them because I hate them because we haven't forgiven them. If God wants us truly to be like him, does he zap you or does he give the opportunity to you to be like him? And that's where many of us, and I'll be honest, me, myself, sometimes we fail because when I pray, I'm expecting to be zapped and it's not zapped, not Immediate, here's your million dollars, right? It's not immediate, here's all the things that you're praying for. No, but it's, here's the list of opportunities every single day. If you want to be like me, you have to forgive. If you want to be like me, you have to love. If you want to be like me, you have to give all your money away, right? Just kidding. If you want to be like me, all the things that Jesus was that when he was here, he gives you the opportunity to be those things, he gives you those opportunities. He doesn't zap you into himself. He gives you the opportunity to live like him. And so as we're thinking about waiting on God, and this, for these Jewish people, they were waiting. And to me, waiting, again, is like an attitude of prayer. Matthew 7, 7 says this, Keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Have you ever knocked on a door and nobody answered? And then knocked on the door again? Uh, nobody, nobody answered again. Have you ever knocked on a door and your knuckles like started to hurt? You're like, ah, okay, I've knocked 30 times. That's it. That's my limit. I'm done. In this, in this picture of knocking and what you're asking for for God, it's, it's taking your knuckles plus bloody plus pain plus suffering to the max before he opens the door. Keep on knocking doesn't mean... One asking doesn't mean, and, and myself, I don't like asking, you know, once, twice, five times, right? But there's times where God's saying, if you truly want this, then you're going to pray, and you may have to pray 30 million times, but in the right moment at the right time, then I'm going to answer you. To keep on asking, to keep on praying, and to keep on knocking till your, your knuckles are so bloody that you can't even knock no more. You want God so bad that you're going to keep through the pain and the suffering. You're going to keep on going no matter what. As we wrap up tonight, this is a special time of year because today we kick off Passion Week and we kick off Palm Sunday on Palm Saturday for us to celebrate all that Jesus has done for us, to take time this week to remember Jesus and his goodness and his grace and his mercy, to remember Jesus. He's the one who gives us new beginnings. Jesus is the one who gives us a new start in life. Jesus is the one that has mercy new for us every single day. To think of Jesus, he's the one who's the resurrection in the life, right? When we feel dead, Jesus is the one who's resurrecting us from the inside out. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And he's the only one who knows how to get to heaven. He's the only one who left, has come back again, and went there again. Jesus knows the only way to get to heaven. This is the week where we get to celebrate because next weekend is resurrection Saturday or Sunday. But it is 
the greatest time of the year for us as we take this week. This is Passion Week to see God and his passion for us at its peak. All that he did. This is the last week of life. He didn't go skiing. He didn't go off-roading. He didn't go, you know, bungee jumping his last week of life. He was due. He was preaching his guts out, some of the best messages that, that came from Jesus that last week because he wanted everyone to get every single thing that he had inside of him. Every single word that he had inside of him his last week, he wanted to give to people. He wanted to serve people. He got down and he washed his disciples' feet, those nasty, disgusting toes that he got down and he cleaned and he washed his disciples' feet. God himself. God himself willing to be bare and vulnerable in front of his disciples to say, I'm here as God to serve you. This is the week that he did everything he possibly could. This is it that we get to remember, that we get to worship, that we get to reflect on all that he has done, to seek to seek God with all of our heart, to take time this week, to take time each day to seek God. And not just, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this burrito. Amen. Not to just give him those kind of prayers, right? This is the week that we say, God, this week, I want this week. I want something special to happen in this week. God, I do want to go in my faith, and I want my faith to grow. I want to become a better Christian this week. I want to reflect on all that you did for me. I want to grow, and I want to stretch in this week. God, I want to pray and keep on praying. God, I want to knock even when my knuckles hurt. God, I want to keep on knocking, God, until you open the door. I want to close with this verse. And this was Luke's account of Palm Saturday, but at the end. Luke 19, verse 39, it says, Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You know, in 2021, just like 2020, more than ever, you know what's the number one thing they want to do to Christians? They want us to be quiet. They want us to be quiet. They don't want us to have church. They don't want us to be together. They want us to have service like this. The culture out there, you know what the devil wants you to do? He wants you to stay home. He wants you to stay away from brothers and sisters. He doesn't want you to come to church. He doesn't want you to be around other believers. He doesn't want you to get smacked around by other believers. More than ever, more than ever in our lives have we seen this is the time where people are telling Christians, just like the religious leaders, telling Jesus, tell your disciples to zip it up, telling Christians to be quiet. They don't like this message anymore. This isn't a popular message. Now, being saved, going to heaven, shoo, that's popular for most people, right? You know, because even the most evil people, they're going to say that prayer right before they go, to, right before they die, right? God, forgive me. Forgive me. Being saved, that's awesome. But everything that God stands for, everything that he stands upon, the truth that is inside God, the truth that lives and breathes inside God, it's not a popular message. And so what are they telling us to do? Be quiet. But what is Jesus saying? Listen, if you are going to be quiet, the rocks will cry out. You don't need a rock taking your place, right? If you do, we're going to throw one at you, right? Lots of rocks. We got a nice little, remember, my garden, we made those rocks. Two weeks, I'm going to bring it back, and we can just start throwing it at each other. Jesus said, I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over, and he said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes, because they failed to see Jesus.
The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave on one stone on the other. Sixty-six years after Jesus spoke this, this happened. People came through and demolished it. People came through and killed and murdered and demolished it. And Jesus said, how did he start by saying this? If you only had known on this day the peace that I had for you. They were singing victory. They were waving branches. They were throwing their coats on the ground and on the colt. Most of them a week later, they were also saying, crucify him. Why? Because it wasn't what they expected. God may not be today what some people are expecting, but he's God. God may not appear to you tomorrow the way that you're expecting, but he still is God. That's why the Bible, it is so important. This is so vitally important to read the beginning until the end. Because everybody wants you to hear their story, right? If you have more than one kid and there's a fight, they both want you to hear before you start to smack and hit one kid, right? If you have a boy and a girl fighting, what do you do? You go run for the boy and you smack him silly, right? You hit my daughter, you're in trouble. But they want you to hear both sides of the story, right? Everybody wants you to know their side of the story. Do you fully know his story for you? Do you know his story fully, partially? His story for you. His story for you. Daniel, come on up. Stand with us. We're going to close in a song tonight, if you're able to stand. And tonight as we close, we're going to sing Hosanna. And I want to encourage you tonight, I bet you all of us in this room, there are situations where we don't feel victory. It may be not for us personally, but maybe friends or family. And I bet all of us have situations in our lives that we're believing for something and we're asking God for something, but we yet, we haven't seen it. And so sometimes we need to worship even though we're not seeing it, we still have to worship God. Even if we're not seeing the victory, even if we're not seeing the provision, even if we're not seeing the healing, even if we're not seeing it, we gotta keep on singing. We gotta keep on believing because I'm telling you tonight, if you keep on believing, if you keep on singing, if you keep on asking, God will come through. And it may not be tomorrow. Like I would, I would love it to be tomorrow, right? But he's gonna come through at the right time for you. He's going to come through at the right time for you. Keep on believing. Keep on singing.